Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. gut-wrenching noise that gives everyone goosebumps when they hear it. Sometimes it's even an interruption in your sleep, interruption in your day, or interruption in your music. It's so scary it makes my heart go out to that poor child, but I never really think I'll run into the kidnapping. Oftentimes, Amber Alerts are ignored. That turns sounds into a blur. Hot topic of the week, y'all. Amber Alerts. Hey, it's Kroll. Lynn Sanity. And Fact Shack here. For today's podcast, we're going to talk about the origins, successes, and failures of Amber Alerts. Before we dive in deep with Amber Alerts, do y'all think they're successful most of the time or just kind of pointless? Um, So I definitely think that Amber Alerts are a necessary thing, and I think that they have like a lot of good to them, but I also think that they're like, they need some improvement. I wouldn't call them pointless because I know there's been several cases that we're going to talk about where, um, you know, a child has been identified because of an Amber Alert. I think it's a really like cool thing that um, it's a really cool system, but I do think that all the states should issue Amber Alerts because I know that some of them don't. But yeah, I just think it needs improvements. Um, I agree with everything that you said. I think they're very beneficial, um, but they do have some flaws and we're going to get into that later. But I do think they're necessary and they've helped save many kids' lives and they are really good and but they can be like they have some things that can be altered yeah like improvements yeah 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 i agree with you guys i think we need a lot of improvements overall but i think it's a great system that we have and definitely needs to be implemented in all of our societies um so i've always wondered where the name amber alerts came from and how like they actually originated because we get them all the time like weekly and daily on or not daily but monthly on our phones and i've always wondered like how they actually started yeah, I honestly, I've never really, like, looked into this. I've just always, like, thought of Amber Alerts as, like, a scary thing. But once we looked into the story, I was actually shocked that it came from, like, a real, like, thing. Basically, Amber Hangerman was a young girl, and her story was what started it all in Arlington, Texas, in January 13th of 1996, which was a really long time ago. She was, an- she was a nine-year-old girl who was kidnapped while riding her brand-new pet pink bike that she got for Christmas and she was riding it in the grocery store parking lot. Um, like after her parents discovered she went missing, they um, began to worry a lot and they tried to notify every th- everyone they could so that people would start looking for her. But what's sad is there was no good way to send a local warning so she was missing for days and now the local community wasn't contacted at all. So four days later, a dog walker ended up finding her dead body in a creek miles from the store, and they found her body, like, her throat was slit, and it was just terrible um, what the kidnapper had done to her. But I think that the dog walker had just heard some of the information but didn't really um, know that it was Amber, but it was lucky that the dog walker was even there. Yeah, and because the Hangerman family had spread the tragic news to their community, um, families in and around the area um, mourned with their family for the daughter they had just lost. 
everyone was distraught and the news of amber of the because of the news of amber and they wish that they could have just found her sooner and alive with a better system other than just the family reaching out although this is a really tragic story it has created a lot of awareness and led to something that would save hundreds of lives specifically diane simone who was a massage therapist wanted to get involved with law enforcement to try and solve kidnapping and provide awareness and help spread information about these kidnappings through technology. Little did Diane know that she would be saving thousands of lives in the future. Um, Because Diane took action, she was able to encourage more programs to help and create a system where they could warn and inform about a missing child. So specifically the Dallas-Fort Worth broadcasters heard about Amber's story and they were like, and heard about what Diane was trying to do and they thought it would be a good idea to try to get involved and they ended up starting Amber Alerts, which would notify people when a child went missing and spread information about the child and or the kidnapper. Um, so originally the name Amber Alerts were made to remember the nine-year-old girl Amber Hangerman who was die- who died during a kidnapping. Um, it also stands for the America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Um, and her family appreciated the way the authorities heard and responded to their needs after um, discovering her dead, their dead daughter. Yeah, I will say Amber's case led to the production of Amber Alerts, but her killer was unfortunately never found, and today her case is still unsolved. And that's crazy because that case was so long ago, and it's just never been solved. Yeah, the killer's still out there. Um, so now that we've kind of talked about some of like the characteristics of Amber Alerts and like how they started and the origin of it, um, we want to kind of dive deep into the successes of Amber Alerts. So, um, obviously Amber Alerts have been pretty successful because they're still around and statistically there have been 1,074 children saved because of the Amber Alerts and, one thing that like tried to increase that number of children being saved was the thing called the Protect Act. And so basically the government was trying to implement something that would strengthen Amber Alerts. The Protect Act was signed into law in 2003, which strengthened laws enforcement and ability to prevent, investigate, and prosecute and punish violent crimes committed against children. The Protect Act uh, codified the previously established National Amber Alert coordinator role in Department of Justice. So now we want to highlight some of the key successes that Amber Alerts have achieved over the past years. So Chloe is an example of a six-year-old girl who was taken from her bed in the middle of the night by a family friend, and an Amber Alert was immediately issued after she was reported missing. Um, The Amber Alert shared a description of the man, the car, and the missing child, which made it easier for people to recognize the kidnapping. Uh, it was actually really lucky because a gas station clerk noticed a van and the man that was described in the Amber Alert, he tipped off the police immediately and they tracked, they tracked the van down. Luckily enough, Chloe was returned to her family with no harm and her kidnapper was put into jail. Her family was very thankful for the Amber Alerts and how people responded in a way that would save Chloe because you never know, without the Amber Alerts, would, would have Chloe been found? Following that crazy story, another success story of the Amber Alerts is Ronnie Tran's story. This story is a crazy story and is a perfect example of how Amber Alerts have significantly impacted missing children that have been taken. So um, kind of starting and talking about Ronnie's case. So this is actually a really crazy case in my opinion, but basically an ordinary babysitter named Johnny 
he was going to babysit this two-year-old child. You know, he had no suspicions of this. He thought it was just an ordinary night where he would be babysitting. Um, he had no idea. Johnny was wrong. His phone buzzed. He checked, and you won't believe what he saw. An Amber Alert. He thought this Amber Alert would have nothing to do with him. But when he checked the Amber Alert and checked the descriptions, he knew something was weird. The descriptions perfectly matched the two-year-old baby boy that he was babysitting for. Johnny then figured out that Ronnie, the kid he was babysitting for, was a missing child. Who would have thought that he was, a ba- he was babysitting a child that had been kidnapped? After discovering the missing child, Johnny contacted the authorities and Ronnie was able to make it home safely. Ronnie was kidnapped by no other than a 65-year-old grandmother. Who knows why a grandmother would kidnap a two-year-old child and then hire a babysitter? That's so weird, but if it wasn't for these Amber Alerts, then then Ronnie may have not been found. While the Amber Alerts does save and protect hundreds, it has failed many kids. The Amber Alert failed Haley Owens, leaving her family without a daughter. Haley Owens was kidnapped in front of Whit in front of witnesses in Springfield, Missouri. Um, they once she was kidnapped, they reported the child. They reported her missing immediately to the police, and the police wanted to send out an Amber Alert to the community. However, they weren't allowed to due to like some laws in Missouri. The Missouri State Highway Patrol is is the only organization that is allowed to send Amber Alerts. Haley's wow. kidnapping could have been communicated to the whole community in a matter of minutes by the local PD, but she did not get that chance because of the Missouri State Highway Patrol. Her Amber Alert was announced two hours and 19 minutes later. research, we have also noticed some flaws in the system. For example, South Carolina claimed it's necessary for a missing child's case to meet all the required criteria for, criteria for a, an Amber Alert to be sent out. From the more than 3,500 cases of missing children in South Carolina last year, there was only one Amber Alert. I find it so shocking that so many children go missing without Amber Alerts being sent out to the public. What even is the criteria a child must have for an Amber Alert to be sent out? I mean, isn't a missing child just a missing child? Yeah, well, there are a lot of factors that go into Amber Alerts being sent out. Um, First of all, um, authorities must know for certain that the child has been abducted. Um, The child must be 17 years old or younger. They can't be, once they turn 18, they're no no longer allowed to have a Amber Alert sent out to them. Um, The child must be in intimate danger, injured or dead. There must be enough information about the child and the abduction. And the last requirement is that the child's name and other information have been issued into a national database that is accessible to law enforcement across the country. That to me is just so stupid. I feel like a missing person is just a missing person, especially with kids that are really young and don't know what to do. And like the danger part, like how do you know if a kid, a missing child is in danger or not? Like all missing children are basically in danger. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the flaws in the system. And I think we need to try and fix these flaws. Um, Do y'all know if that's how it is across the whole country or just do they do it by different states? So I think that um, for the most part, all of the states follow these guidelines. However, some of the criteria may differ slightly in different states. So Amber Alerts are a um, state issue rather than a federal issue. So all different states have different laws and um, different rules on Amber Alerts. So I think it just depends where you are. Well, hearing all this information about how um, a child 
can be qualified to get an Amber Alert sent out for them. Um, it makes me wonder how they actually send out Amber Alerts. Once authorities have confirmed a missing child case meets their criteria, they work with broadcasters, transportation agencies, and the wireless industry to get the alert out anywhere. Um, these organizations use the TV, radio, road signs, different social medias, and web browsers like Facebook, Google, Yahoo, um, and other devices to project the message across the country. Like I'm sure that your phones always get the Amber Alerts, um, so they work with those type of organizations to get the message across. After that happens, a wireless emergency alert, also known as the WEA, is which is very similar to a text message, it's sent to the devices across the country. These alerts must always be authorized by the go- go- by the government. Recently, Amber Alerts have become more than just kidnapping alerts too. So I had no idea, but Amber Alerts can mean something else rather than just a missing child. Really? really? That's crazy. What else have they been used to communicate thing? Like what other things have they used to communicate with the country? Well, they can also include information about tornado and flash flood warnings from the National Weather Service. And Trump also used them as a presidential alerts during a national emergency, which I had no idea about. I remember um, hearing something about that, how he kind of like used it for advertisement. And there was like a whole scandal. People were upset that he was using it for the wrong reasons. But I really had no idea that that was an Amber Alert. Um, so before we wrap up this podcast on Amber Alerts, um, I would like, we would like to share one more interesting story about Amber Alerts. And this one's really interesting. Oh, I'm so excited for this one. This is about to be a weird story. So states send out Amber Alerts and usually they have a pretty accurate description of the kidnapper and the child. However, sometimes they mess up. Basically... This Amber Alert had a really big, big mistake. So, an Amber Alert was sent out to Texans saying that a child was kidnapped by the doll from the horror film Chucky. No way. The kidnapper was described as three feet tall with red hair, blue eyes, and they even put doll for the race of the man. (laughs) Wow. That is so bizarre. But they also said that the man was wearing overalls like Chucky did in the movie. So the description was like extremely like accurate to Chucky. Yeah, that movie scares me with every bone in my body shakes. This is like kind of bad, but I think I'd start laughing if I saw an Amber Alert for Chucky on the loose. What ended up happening? So basically, the Texas Department of Public Safety ended up obviously saying that the alert was a test malfunction. So it wasn't true? Yeah, it was a mistake. That's one bad mistake. Well, I guess this wraps things up. I hope that y'all learned some new things about Amber Alerts from this. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.